Welcome back to another episode of the No Easy Way Out podcast. My name is Tony Nash, and we are coming to you, as always, from the Woodworth Building in beautiful downtown Owasso, home to my company, AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. So today, we have brought back my favorite guest of all time. I've said this before multiple times on the podcast, literally my favorite guest. She was on in season one, I believe, episode 20. Some of you already know who I'm talking about. Some of you are like, who is it? Who is it? The suspense is killing me. But it is the uh, the one, the only, Casey Voss. Casey, welcome back to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I'm glad you asked me. And it's so fun to be your favorite guest. I appreciate yes, I mean, that. that episode happened. It was just the right time. Like, mm. what was talked about was something that I really needed. I've actually gone back and watched sections of it, you know, multiple times. Talked about being present and being in the moment, and uh, it just was something that I need because I am a big visionary and I'm always looking ten years down the road, and so sometimes I I miss what's happening right in front of my face, mm-hmm. and so it was helpful for me. And I reference back to it. I still have not perfected. I still struggle with it so bad. I'm always somewhere else, but I'm trying every day. So thanks for the advice. Yay! That's what I love about my uh, about doing a podcast is you never know. Who, when you're talking, you never know who's going to hear it, who is going to need it. And you're just kind of talking mm-hmm. and you find that someone needs it. And probably that day when you were saying this, you had no idea you were speaking so like directly to me, but it was, it was timely and it was great. And I just think you're fun too. So that was, you know, that was always fun. So well, that's fun. I love yeah. to be fun. Good. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be fun. And uh, I'm glad that it helped. Helped well, me too to yes. just talk about it, you know, Good. whatever we were going through. So Good. it was something at the time. And that back in those days, we were at the armory. We didn't have a studio, and we had this like cheap podcast in a box, and we had no ceiling, and we didn't know how to do lights. You can mm-hmm. actually see the reflection of the lights in the glass in some of our episodes. Audio wasn't the greatest, um, and we were just learning. I think, like I said, it was episode 20, so we were learning how to do a podcast, but we're still learning, but we're getting there. You yeah, know? you had to wear the headphones, and that messed with my hair, yeah. so I was grateful the today hair is to on not point have today. that. Yeah, I'm doing it. On Good. point, yeah. on point. So you, let's talk a little bit about your business first, and then we'll get into you, but... Um, you're the owner of City Suites, right? Co-owner of Co-owner City, Suites. City Suites. Yeah. So tell our, our audience a little bit about what City Suites is. So co-owner of City Suites. So um, City Suites is a salon concept. We have 19 mini salons inside of there. Um, my business partner, who's my best friend since eighth grade, we oh, have well. owned multiple salons together. So I'm co-owner of City Suites Salon and Spas. I also own my own studio inside of there, which is called Bloom. Uh, but most people know me as Boss the Curl Boss. And I also own my own brand of curly... Uh, hair things, and uh, I am very professional term. Yeah, curly, curly all the curly hair things, and I am an educator um, with Innersense Organic Beauty for curly hair. So I feel like I'm doing so many fun things and all things that I love, and so and a mom and a wife and all those and a things mom and, and a wife and uh, yeah, yeah keeps you keeps you working right, keeps yeah. you busy. So keeps me balanced. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a better way to say it. Yeah. So um, 
now that we know that about you, I know that's just a part of who you are. Why don't you tell our audience about yourself? Like, what do you want the people to know about you? Oh my goodness. What do I want them to know about me? I think the biggest thing probably, and I just kind of made a video on this yesterday. I was having a hard day yesterday and Mondays are my office day. And I usually update on my Instagram, all the office things I'm doing. And um, yesterday I didn't do any of those things. And so I think it's really important. I'm excited to be on the podcast, but I think just ordinary people being on podcasts is really cool that are like getting through life. Right. So um, I'm a crier, so I already feel like I want to cry. I don't even know why, but I would say that, off, off yeah, if you need it. I would say what I want you to know about me is that I have spent my lifetime trying to figure out how to find what my purpose is and then living wholeheartedly into that and working my way out of performance based lifestyle of wanting other people to admire me and, and really desiring to admire myself and and want to actually be the kind of person that when I die, my kids are like, oh, my mom was so cool. And not like, yeah, my, everyone thought my mom was cool, but she was actually a psycho. So uh, I think that that's happened in the well, past. Well, you know, it's, it's tough with kids because, like, I could do, like, the coolest thing. You know, I'm like, oh, we had this huge success, this win for our business or something in life happened. And you just like, oh, this is so cool. And then you tell your kids and they're just like, they don't nah. Care. And you hear celebrities talk about that, like, you know. My dad's Tom Cruise, but they don't care. Tom okay. Cruise, who's he? He's just my dad, right? So, but someday, like I know how much I admire my parents now in my 40s and how much I look back on all I know that they, even in their imperfections, what they were trying to do yeah. and the sacrifices they made. You, you, As you have your own kids, you just appreciate that so much more. And, and your kids will too, because you're a great mom and your kids are going to look someday. And I, and I guarantee you in their heart, they already do, and they love you, and they think you're cool, but they can't say that. because. Oh, mom, I right? think they do know. Like, I have adult <laughs> kids now, you yeah. know, and yeah. I think they do, but it's the power of realizing that that's the most important thing to me, where I used to think if I just did enough cool things, then my kids would think I was cool. But to your point, it really has more to do with how I make my kids feel and not how they perceive me from the outside, because yeah. I think... They think that my success is cool, but I think more important than that, the way I make them feel about their success yeah. is more important. And Absolutely. sometimes I didn't know that as yeah. a young mom, you know? Well, I think, you know, my wife and I have talked about this a lot. Like raising kids is something that nobody is really ever ready for. Mm -hmm. That Nobody really knows how to do. There's no book out there that really tells you how to raise every kid because every kid is different. Um, and I think, you know, we've really talked about, it. I think really number one, it's about finding a connection with your kid, yeah. not trying to make mini use, but letting them be unique in their own individual, trying to teach them good principles and, and good ethics and, you know, good Christian behavior even. And, and apologizing when yeah. you teach those oh, things wrongly in the beginning and you come back around. Like, yeah, I think it's all of it. Yeah. Being transparent, willing absolutely. to say, I'm sorry. Absolutely. And and just finding a place where you can relate with them. It's amazing to me how many people, friends of mine that I talk to, that they just don't know how to relate with their kids. They don't know how to have a conversation with them. They don't just know how to sit down and and, and, and reason level. You know, I'm, I'm now like you. I have, I have adult children, which is so different. Like, mm. you can't. Even I have two that are living in my house, and even how I approach my rules, my home is different because they're adults, and you right. don't want to completely turn them away from it. You want to teach them how to be responsible. And you know, I had a kid recently that was struggling with something, and you know, we decided to 
remove that distraction from his life. And, you know, I told my wife, I said, you know, we should do that for a little bit as a punishment. But if you remove the distraction or the temptation or from their life forever, then you never teach them how to really be self-governing, fight it and mm-hmm. beat it and, and, and talk about why we do these things. And so it's, it's really about, you know, trying to understand them. And it's just an ongoing learning process, yeah. but it's fun. I love it. It is I love fun. being a dad. Yeah. So back to your career for a second. Yeah. So obviously you, you're the curl boss. You got I am the curl big boss. red curly yeah. hair and um, you work with a lot of curly haired people. Mm-hmm. And when I see you online talking about it, it's clear that you love it. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you love so much about working with curly girls and curly boys? Is it mostly girls or do you? I do not do the curly boys. I haven't got there. Um, I have a curly boy. Yeah. I, you know, here's the thing. What do I love about it? I think that I love the power of transformation. So for me, I've been in the hair industry since I was 16. I was expelled from high school and they offered the opportunity to go to beauty school as an alternative to um, being in high school. That's nice. And uh, I had my head shaved at the time and my face all pierced up and and was like, uh, no, I don't want to go to beauty school. And they're like, well, you get out of school at 11. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go. And so anyways, I think how <laughs> God grabbed me and put me into a field that I had no, like I didn't feel beautiful. I hated my hair, literally hated my hair. Everyone made fun of my hair. I hadn't mastered it, right? And then I went into owning a salon. It was really successful training salon. And the the goal was all the stylists had to straighten my hair to get on the floor because we yeah. were a training salon. And <laughs> if you could straighten my hair, you could straighten anybody's hair. And then, so the curly hair thing is newer to me. And when I say new, like maybe 10, 12 years and what I love about it is that once I totally accepted myself, raced it. Like, okay, who the heck is Casey Voss and what does she look like? And then I was like, oh my God, what if? And I think we said this in your first podcast, so repeat because you can't change the story. What <laughs> if God put me together this way? What if He made me this way? And what if not only did He make me this way, but how many of the people sitting in my chair are made that same way and need someone to say, hey, you look pretty pretty dope and I was like oh my god and so um that's what I love yeah I love most curly girls um feel broken at some level of misunderstanding of their hair which is like a misunderstanding of your heart and all the things so that's what I love about it is you see those before and afters on my Instagram if you're not following it you should um but the power of turning someone around and they're like what the heck like it wasn't a major weight loss nothing happened in the last 20 minutes you had to work for like it's just there the it's there it's in you already I just brought it out so I love that 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 epiphany of this is who I am and I'm going to embrace it and and turn it into something that's going to help other people I think it's awesome it's inspiring and you are inspiring people Mm. all the time and um I know a lot of people have even shared with me that that was not just my favorite episode, but a lot of other people's as well. And so keep doing what you're doing. Obviously, you know that you're going to, and you're starting your own podcast, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. And people are going to be super excited to see that drop here very soon. Um, Well, my next question was going to be, why did you start your own business? But you kind of just answered that for us. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey. And I know we discussed this again in the last podcast, like you said, can't change a story, but your journey has been a very unique one and very Mm. interesting and something that I think will help a lot of other business owners who may be in that mode or, you know, headed towards maybe a fork in the road where they got to make a decision and one could be really bad and one could be really good. And um, so you obviously, 
I believe the first business that you started was at Woodard Station. No. No. Okay, let's let's go back. Let's rewind. So uh, that was after that. So let's talk about how let's that talk was about your the journey. Third salon. So oh, really? uh, my best friend and I, Jamie, we worked at Elliott's together downtown when we were very young, and our boss did not want us to work together because we were rowdy, <laughs> and that was a, a you know a small space, and we'd come in, and everyone else there was older, and we would talk about what we did on Saturday night, and yeah. our boss was like, "You cannot work together. It's <laughs> annoying," and um, so Jamie was like, "I'm gonna open my own shop. You should come." Well, I got pregnant. And uh, so I wasn't going to be rowdy anymore, and I needed security, right? So I was like, you go be wild and free. I'm about to be a mom. And so I stayed a little bit at Elliot's. Jamie went and opened a salon on uh, Ball Street, and she kept saying, you should come, you should come. And I'm like, I don't know what about you makes me think this is responsible, but I cannot be leaving all behind my $100 a week paycheck right. and just come there acting a fool. I'm making bank. Yeah, uh, like 100 bucks was just covering my daycare. Uh, my husband was detailing cars at Celex. Anyways, uh, I finally decided I couldn't I couldn't miss her anymore, and it couldn't be any harder. <coughs> so we we had a shop. She had started it with just one other guy. When I came in with her, he left, and she and I remodeled that space. And it had like a space heater on the wall. It didn't even have real heat. It was just like a space heater on the wall, and we had two used nail tables. And I had a cash box, which I thought was so cool, <laughs> and like a little lock on it. And yep. uh, I calc I bought one of those big calculators yeah. with the big letter, oh, yeah. big numbers on it. It's funny when you're starting a business like the little things that happen that legitimize it in your mind yeah. like I remember the first day I actually gave somebody like a real payroll check not yeah. just like a handwritten but like it was typed out like yeah. I sent a picture to a friend I'm like this is so cool and they're like what I'm like this is a real payroll check and they're like okay yeah. like, never mind you're not gonna get it yeah. but it's cool along that process to enjoy those little wins yeah it was 2002 boy that was before anything so I think you know we just had the little calculator it was awesome so that was our first shop and uh, then we opened another shop on Washington Street where the Wesner building is now. Yeah. Um, and we expanded there. She pulled me because I was like, I don't think we should grow because I'm safety Casey. You know, so I was like, I was good with being safe. Like, I'm making, you know, double the hundred I was making at the other. Now. I got two hundo. You know, I don't need to be greedy. And uh, she's like, I think we could do more. We had two nail girls. I'm like, why do you always want more? You're always pushing me. And so we grew there. And I couldn't believe the amount of people that came to work for us. And we expanded there twice. So we started four of us and I think left there at 14. And the reason we left there is because um, someone actually uh, lit the stairwell on fire. They were in a fight with their significant other upstairs. That's a sad story. But Is that when that building burned down? Mm -hmm. My sister lived there. She yeah. was in one of the apartments upstairs. She almost didn't get out. I didn't yeah. know that was. So what was your business at that time? Hairpiece. Oh, yeah, I did know we that. We were downstairs wow. as hairpiece, and so that salon caught on fire, and so we were forced out, and the cool, the story of that, we ended up going in the Brookridge building. Our insurance agent said he'd never seen it in three days. We reopened. We rented, like, nine office spaces. We had nail girls on the floor. We were sitting on towel racks. Every salon, probably from here to Corona, donated a chair, and we were up and running, and we were there for seven months. Why we just So you walked in, and then if you, it was crazy. And that space taught me because I had a big, 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 big ego. <laughs> I was young. I thought that, you know, I was awesome. 
I was nailing it. Everybody wanted to work for me. I had some sort the of theme that. song of money, yeah, money, like, money, money. Yeah, I didn't even have money, but Just, I had in. I but had that was the song that was playing in your sure. head. <laughs> and so, and I thought it was all because our space was cool. And anyways, we lost everything, and everyone stayed. And I think that was when I really realized like it didn't matter how fancy my space was. Like it was about the people. Like we were busy because of the people who worked for me, not because I was so cool. And then we opened at Woodard Station. And so that had kind of been in the works before the fire. And there we had 15 stations, seven nail stations, a massage room, pedicures. We had everything there. And we had we grew there exponentially. Uh, we won runner-up for third runner-up for Salon Design in the Nation from Salon Today magazine. Like it was that. it seemed like we were doing so many cool things and then everyone quit. And so lost everything so i've had these waves of peaks and valleys yeah looks like everything's going well like we literally won that award the i think the week after everybody quit and i thought that mm-hmm. i was going to lose my house and my family and was in the darkest spot i've ever been in and i was so embarrassed that we won that award because i was like really so we have all this cool salon design and no one wants to work for us and yeah. um yeah yeah and then that we closed that because of situations and circumstances and whatever reopened rebranded smith and voss right uh, next door ne- downtown yeah right next door to where we're at right now yes yep, yeah next yeah. door downtown um reopened under a different identity i think for jamie and i so smith and voss when there was a crown on the top and for us that was like god is in control um we had surrendered under his authority and um we were, it was kind of, I never wanted to have a salon that was our name because I thought it was crazy. But what I realized through all the losses we had had is that we were the two who remained um, because we were. It's a cool name too. Smith and Boss. It sounds like. Yeah, like a cigar like, shop. Yeah, no, it just sounds like, <laughs> like, it sounds like, um, like detective Cagney and Lacey, you yeah. know, like Smith and Boss. Like, yeah, it Smith just sounds cool. Boss, the cron- <laughs> so. Yeah, and I forgot to mention in the middle of that, my husband lost his job, all these crazy things. We ended up opening a barbershop inside of our salon. He became a barber. When we went downtown, we had a barbershop inside of our salon. And so did that, and actually at the peak of that, it was going really well, probably successful. We opened City Suites, um, which was why we had the walkout before. And if you need more fill-in, you can let me know. But um, we had decided... that we thought Salon Suites was a good idea, presented it at a staff meeting, and everyone kind of flipped out. And so I thought God had betrayed me, like, what the heck? Like, I thought this was what we were supposed to do, and then it didn't work out. So 10 years later, we ended up opening City Suites, and I never thought I would work there. It was just part of the vision of people will work and train their way up with us, open their own shop. And a kind of like an incubator for... Correct. Right, for hairstylists, nail, nail technicians massage therapists, all of it. It's like people go there and kind of get their start, right? Yeah, so they could work for us, and they moved up levels. We had four tiers at Smith & Voss, so you started as an apprentice, and you worked your way up. And what we discovered is that by the time people were at level three or four, they were ready to do their own thing. And so we thought, how cool is this? Let's give them a path from infancy to adulthood. And um, if I'm totally vulnerable, I also, like, hate when people break up with me. Probably more than anything, like, which is why I still have the same best friend, the same church, the same husband. Like, you're just, I ain't going anywhere, you know? And so for me, I was like, if I can make a plan, 
that people never want to break up with me. They'll stay forever. And then, uh, yeah. So then decided somewhere along that way, Boss the Curl Boss started emerging from my heart. And it brought down my defenses of, do I want to continue to pour more into this business Mm -hmm. than what I'm capable of? And closed Smith & Boss. Yeah. And now you're out at City Suites permanently. You have your own studio out there, like you mentioned. Yep. You have 19 spaces. Yep. And are they all full? Yep. That's amazing. Super cool. It's incredible. You know, and I love that story because, um, you know, owning a business, we were just talking about this this morning. Of course, you and I had a whole podcast before the podcast about yeah. something entirely different. But but I was talking to, to the, my team, a couple of people from my team this morning, like, you never realize how hard it really is to make profit in a business that you own. You just think, oh, if I do this thing that I'm really good at and people pay me and I charge this much and my costs are this, but then everything else goes with it. And especially if you're a big vision person where you always want the next thing and the next thing, like here, I always want the next piece of equipment, the next this, the, the bigger space, the next thing. I always have this big idea of where we go. And <clears throat> realizing that when you add all these things, that adds more cost and more challenges and more, you know, they say more money, more problems. <laughs> There's all these different things. And so there are struggles. And then like for us, like we had 2020, we exploded with growth, mm-hmm. 42% growth in 2020, because we happened to offer a service that a lot of businesses needed in order to survive in a pandemic. And then 2021, 38% growth. Just insane. We started 2020 with three employees. By the end of 2021, we had 18 employees. Awesome. And yeah, I'm thinking it's always going to be this way. We're going to always be growing. We'll never not grow again. So then I start making all these big decisions of like you're sitting in new space here. We buy a print shop. You know, I gave that five minutes of thought when John Hanker called and said, Hey, I'd like to sell you my print shop. Didn't even think about it. Didn't talk to my wife. Yes, we need a print shop. Buy the print shop. Then not just having that print shop, but the space below us became available. That'd be great to have all my people under one roof. And and so a lot of people from the outside look and they're like, oh, you guys are killing it. It's funny. I see people like, oh, man, you guys are killing it, AZ. And I'm like, yeah, do you know, like, you know, a month ago we had a hard week to almost didn't make payroll. Like, that's real. That happens. And you have ups and downs, right? And so then you hit 2022, You're lucky if it was only a week. Yeah. I had lots of times no, where I was definitely not been sure more than if a I week. was going to pay myself or... Yeah, it's definitely yeah. been more than a week, but people don't see that, uh, especially when like I'm just a very much an optimist. I'm always going to be positive. I'm always going to move forward. But then you hit 2023 with that assumption we're going to grow, and then you know the economy starts to get tough. People start to make cutbacks, which our clients do the same thing. And so then for the first time in three years, you start to have downward trending sales. Well, what you don't think about when you're like me is we take all of this new monthly expense. What happens if sales start to go down mm-hmm. again? Cause I didn't even consider that that was a possibility, right? I'm the optimist. It's always going to go up. God's blessing us. He's doing all these great things. And so it's taught me a lesson in number one, thinking more than, you know, two minutes, two out. minutes ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's like I'm either two minutes out or 20 years ahead. I'm never like, what's going to happen in three months, six months, nine months. So it's been good in a sense, you know, hindsight is 2020. We look back at it and say, oh, man, that needed to happen so that we could reevaluate some things. But that's the part of entrepreneurship that people from the outside see all the, 
the cool things and see the, the awards and see the cool space. And, um, but what is it about, um, what is it? And I want to kind of get into what is it do you think are the qualities in a person, an entrepreneur, that when they're faced with that difficult time, like you guys had and like we've had, where you say, either I'm going to turn this into a success, I'm going to pivot and change it a little bit, or I'm just going to, I'm going to quit, I'm going to fail. And like 75, 80% of businesses fail. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think is that pivotal difference where, um, you know, people, do these things, they expand, they grow or whatever. Maybe they grow too fast. I remember hearing on Shark Tank, they'll say like that phrase, like don't grow too fast. And I was used to be like, what does that even mean? Mm. Like, how could you grow too fast? And I feel like now eight years in, I understand what that means. It's about pacing yourself and doing things prudently and, and, and surrounding yourself with people smarter than you that can help you through those things. But what do you think is the qualities or the the characteristics that you think help someone in that moment? Maybe someone's listening right now and they're in that. They're like, they're mm-hmm. feeling it. Like I'm at a pivotal point where I either need to close up shop or maybe pivot, adjust, downsize. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people won't downsize because of their ego. Yeah. that So that was the big one I was going to say. So 20 years in my entrepreneurship journey, um, I think about the different people I've been in that process, you know? So like you said, as things get bigger and fancier, like my business partner used to always pull the P and L on me, which I didn't even know what it meant. Cause that was her. I'm like, <laughs> okay, she's going to get out the P and L. So if you're an entrepreneur without a business background, you don't know what any of that stuff is. You're just like, what happens that guy? You're like a P and what? And yeah. she's like, the reason we're not making profit is because every time we have it, you do a remodel or think we need to expand. Right. I was like, why are you Same. showing that to me? Like, I don't care about that. Like, right. I'm like, do the clients like the remodel? They yeah. did. You know, like, and she's right. like, do you like not getting a paycheck? I'm like, shh. Jamie, people see will us come. as if you build it, yeah, they will come. Yeah, I'm like, look at what people are seeing. So again, the the in just all transparency, I didn't even realize that was my ego. Right. I didn't 100%. realize that was my ego, and I was willing to put my finances at risk in order to continue to look successful. Somewhere inside, where'd that come from? I can give you the whole story. Tune into my podcast; you'll know why. Yes. But there is a reason behind what drives that. So I would say for me. Um, I think the, the, the characteristic is the same as what I just talked about. You can't break up with me. you like, you can't, I can't break up with me. Right. I understand that I'm going every place I go. And (laughs) I, I believe, um, the pivoting has been really hard. I'm also thankful for a 20 year best friend. I'm thankful for a 20 year husband. Uh, I'm thankful for a 20 year church. Um, because without all, and a 15 year therapist. So when I look at the, the <laughs> realm of what were the things influencing me, it was not me on an Island by myself because me on an Island by myself, I would have quit a million times. Cause I don't like mm-hmm. when people leave and I had everybody leave. I don't like when things don't look successful. And I had every literal thing not look successful. Like yeah. I didn't know how I was going to pay my mortgage, let alone have to close a salon. Like I, I just, I think for me again, what it's taken now, the who I am today is so interesting to who I was back then. So on my own, since I closed the salon, I've started like three or four different businesses. Um, I applied for a job. I've never applied for a job. I've been my own boss since I was 20. I applied for a job, had an interview in Dallas before I told my husband I even applied for it because there was this huge part of me that was like, 
I don't even know how to make a resume. I didn't tell anybody. I sent it in kind of half done because I was embarrassed. But I am so much more willing to take the risk now than even it looked like in my past life because I know that that I want to grow and be surrounded by people who are accelerating my ideas and and my thought processes. And I want to be in rooms with people that are uh, doing cool things. And the only way I do that is if I take a, I risk and I do it. And I think because I've lost so much in business, I'm less afraid. Like I got so much and I believe in the power. It doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Yeah. And I believe (laughs) that. So like the only way at this stage in the game and probably I've added a couple of buffers on. So I have one income from city suites that gives me a buffer. People pay rent. I'd have to lose everybody to not for that to fail. So I have a buffer. And then as far as city suites or bloom, unless I lose a hand, I can go to work. You know, like no one's preventing me where when I owned the big salon, I was subject to everyone that worked for me, which isn't wrong or right. I I may go back to it someday. You never know. But it's right for me now is that like Casey Voss, the crow bosses, um, she and Jesus are in the driver's seat of what happens now. And I trust me. (laughs) Well, exactly. And then, you know, it comes down to in those situations, you know, it's, you know, are you willing to learn or are you going to hold on so tight to this idea? Correct. This ideal, really, that this is what it has to be. This is what it needs to be. And sometimes God's just saying, hey, I have big things for you, but just, I need you, you to willing? adjust. And are you willing to not make it about you? And or, to, or to even, like, you know, what was tough for me is, like, I liked hearing people say, man, you guys are killing it. It's a nice thing to hear, right? Because we're a branding agency. And so if people think our brand is good, that's good for business, right? And 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 all on the outside, I'm like, yeah, things are really great. Like we have this cool thing. Um, but there were some adjustments that needed to be made. And I went through this phase, I don't know if you went through this, where um when I decided swallow your pride, swallow your ego, let's take a step back. Let's look at this. Okay, do we need to get smaller space do we need to you know downsize do we need to let go of some people do we need to and just fully open up okay i'm gonna listen to people and i surround myself with people who can help me through mm-hmm. this we hired a consultant to help us with some things and this guy was like a by the book kind of guy and kind of helped me thinking a little bit more business acumen not just a yeah not just mm-hmm. vision but let's think business mm-hmm. right because there's a big difference but then I found I went through this like two, three month period where I just started second guessing everything. Mm. And I and I was not taking any risk at all. And I was trying to just play it safe in every area. And I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I was committed and surrendered to doing it the right way. But like it was sucking all the fun out of it. It was like mm. making me like think I, I uh, you, you, you did it your way and look how difficult you made things, you know. And. All of a sudden, you know, it dawned on me and it just through prayer and understanding who I am and and the gifts that God has given me. And, you know, I'm always talking about self-awareness, like don't let anybody know something about you that you don't know about yourself. It's okay to have weaknesses as long as you know they're there and you can surround Mm -hmm. yourself with people to help you. And I realized like the magic behind this thing has to still be my vision and my willingness to try new things and take risks. And so I have to listen to good counsel, but also have discernment to say, no, th- we're going to do this because yeah. it's the right thing to do. And so it's all part of the growth process, right? 
And, you know, I always tell people, I tell our businesses, think about that thing that made you unique, made you special, and double down on that. Like, don't lose the magic just because you're trying to be a by-the-book business person. But don't be all about the magic and not about being a good mm. business person as well because you have to have both things. And I remember Randy Woodworth said to me one time, he goes, I'll never fail because I won't quit. And I think really for me, like, the idea is... No matter what, if you believe you're doing the right thing, just don't quit. You're going to hit bumps in the road. It doesn't matter if you have five, ten years of success. There's going to be a time coming where it's, you're going to face a challenging time. You're going to lose a really big client. You're going to have a fire. You're gonna, somebody's going to quit and leave you that was like really key to your operation. Mm -hmm. Things are going to happen, right? You're going to have a bad economy, and people are going to start cutting their budgets back. And so you have to know, like, all right, I'm committed to this thing. I know I'm doing the right thing. So I'm not going to quit, but you still have to be willing to take a step back. And, and you pivot. have to know what quitting looks like right. for you. Right. I think that's the big one. Like for me, when God, God circumstances, whatever you want to say, when we had to walk away from the third runner up salon, you know, I kept saying that, like, yeah. why would we have to, you know, I kept saying the, the award to myself, like we, <laughs> why do we have to walk away from the, you know, we have the coolest salon third in the nation, da, da, da. Uh, because I was tied to that and not to the vision of what I started yeah. all of this for. And so when we had to close that and go to a smaller spot, I was embarrassed, even though the spot was beautiful and amazing and all of that. And when I gave that up to go to a suite, I was like, what are my clients going to think? Like, it's going to be so. And what I have realized is what do, uh, back to that, what do I think? Right. Who right. am I in this story? Because I, happy. what is going on? And am I willing to continue to go with what I am supposed to do? So at this current state in my life, like I've had so many people reach out to me on social media, especially and say, how do you do all of the things that you're doing? Because on the outside, it does look like I do a lot of stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I'm busy, but I work three days a week in my salon, three right. days. Right. I don't know very many people. And guess what? I work two or 7 a.m. to usually three. And I have that hard line because that's where I'm able to give, which I used to work 12 hours a day, yep. five or six days a week, and then not have anything left and be burnt out. So I've found this rhythm or sweet spot in my life where I'm willing to say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not full right now. Actually, I'm lacking and deficient. And the only way I'm going to be able to make this up is a if I add something to my life that brings up that joy level or if I take something away that's on the pressure valve and uh it's been so crazy to me yeah. the last year and a half of my life as I have said okay God you got the wheel on this one for real like how many more things have been added to my plate but they do not feel hard I think right. I said that to you when you came yeah. to fill, film the podcast like how many episodes are you going to do and I said well I'm committed I think to six or twelve I said but when it's hard not that I'm not willing to push past hard yeah. but if it's like making everything feel messy yep. I cannot do anymore. that for yeah. myself or for my family and I've realized that it is okay if it's not hard which I think that there's such a hustle culture in the business world all the books I've read all the things I've seeing that you got to hustle, you got to grind, you got to do this. And although there is an importance to the hustle and the grind, I also think that there's really okay to say that um, I hustle 
But I also, like, I live in a lot of rest. I'm happy. I take a lot of breaks. Yeah. I'm okay with saying I have a wait list of a hundred and some people, and I know they're irritated about it if you're waiting. I apologize. <laughs> but you'll get the best of me when you get me, yeah. because that's what I can give, where before I used to overgive what I didn't have, if that makes sense. So I think it is, I don't give up, but I'm also finally at a point in my life at 43 years old where I can say, I cannot do that. Yeah. I cannot yeah. do that. Well, I think balancing hustle with happiness. Yeah. I've said on this podcast a lot, happiness is underrated. I think it's amazing to me how many people I've had a conversation with and asked them what makes you happy. And people have never just really stopped and thought about I that. I don't know. Especially like, I think you and I are a little bit like, like we're people pleasers. I like to make the people around me happy. I enjoy that. I, I like, and I think that's what I love about our business. I love helping a business grow. Mm -hmm. I get great satisfaction. With that. And that's why it's easy to say, I don't care if we're making money. I'm helping these people. Like that's, that's more fun. Um, but then that bounce. I'd like to say that's a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. Not about you, <laughs> no. but just the idea that we can make money and make people exactly. happy. I didn't know that was a possibility. Exactly. And it is okay. But it's when you know truly, like you've defined what makes you happy. Yes. Like, and that's where people, people are like, oh, I, I'm happy when I'm doing this. Or, but if you really sit down and do an inventory of your life, like I'm most happy when I'm doing what? Okay, maybe that's being with my family. Maybe that's downtime. Maybe that's going on trips. Whatever that is, then it's about how do I arrange my life where I can spend the most amount of time doing that, mm. right? And then and it's not. And I realize like maybe my happiness is when I get to go on a, a trip or a hike, or and that might only happen four or five times a year. But that gives the rest of the stuff I'm doing purpose to give me time to do these things that make me happy. And like so for me, like in this season of my life right now, like having time to be with my kids while they're playing sports and go to their games and have family time. We bought this huge uh, dining room table where we have the whole family sit around and eat dinner, which only happens like once or twice a month, but I really love those mm. moments. Like knowing that these things are really what I want, it drives my decision-making process. Yeah. Like, oh, I could take on this really big client and it would make a lot of money, but also like it's going to take me away from this. And so what's more important to me? And so it's okay for me now to have less employees like we have 12 employees now it's okay to have small we've have parts of this business this building that we haven't even built out yet because we don't need the space right now it's okay to have smaller and less if i know that i'm getting out of this what makes me happy yeah. all those things are cool and they're great and they may happen down the road they may not but my happiness isn't attached to those things right it's what this thing can do for my you know for me and my staff that is what really you know where that happiness comes from so i would encourage anyone listening like do an inventory and really sit down and think like what makes me happy? And it's not about serving yourself, but it's about understanding like, and, and maybe for you, like happiness is volunteering or being involved in your church or going on a missions trip. Okay. And find ways to make that more. And don't yeah. think about what other people think it should be like. And it's for me, that. I always say this, I have ADD, which, so um, for me, it really is all of the things so I'm not happy in one sphere. Right. And when I try, like, I try to just be the mom, the super mom sphere, not my jam. Yeah. Actually not super good at it. I need some <laughs> other people tag teaming in on that. Yeah. Um, but I'm super happy when I have three days here, one day to do this, one day to do that, a day here, and once a month I can add this in. Like, for me, it's yeah. the flavor of all of the things yep. that gets me excited and so I thought it was money. So I used to let that drive because if you have money, then you have all the things. Right. 
but it has nothing to do with money for me. Although money is important, you have to have your needs met. Once I'm able to identify what that is, then I can pop in these other things and not play in whack-a-mole with my feelings. And you can even push through those difficult things knowing you're working towards this thing that's ultimately going to make you happy. And this is why it's crazy if you're listening. It, why it's crazy for you to try to be the next Casey Voss, or I'm going to try to be the next Gary Vee, or I'm going to try to be the next Randy Woodworth, or whatever. It's okay to be inspired by people. Right. But what makes Casey happy and what sh- her goal for her life and her purpose in life and calling is probably completely different than yours. So it you can be. take inspiration from right. that, take inspiration from something you heard, but you got to chart your own path. Mm-hmm. And that's why you really need to sit down and just give it some serious thought. You know, I encourage Casey Lambert, who's on our team. Uh, in his first evaluation with us as a, as a team member, I, I really take the evaluation time to try to help find areas where I can help improve them, not just professionally, but even in their personal life. And I said, you know, Casey loves our core values of our company. He loves it. He it was one of the main reasons he wanted to work here. And I think he personifies our core values. And I said, have you ever sat down and really thought about what are your core values? What is your mission statement? He's like, I, know, I, I really haven't. So he came to me today, and he's given a talk over at New Lothrop High School to a bunch of kids. And he said, "Boss, you'd be proud of me. I, I wrote out. I really gave some thought to what are my core values. What are the things I place a high value on in my life? And to think someone like him, who's Mister Personality, done all these really cool things, open for these big acts, DJed all over the state, done all these cool things. He never really sat down and thought about what are the things that I value for my life. What are the things I place a high value right. on?" And I think that's really going to help him. And I think a lot of times we just don't sit down and really look at who are we, who am I? Like you said, the moment you realize, like, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to, I'm even going to monetize it. I'm going to make it cool. And and it's really helped you on your journey. I think that's awesome. I think more people really should stop and think, what am I trying to get out of this life? What is my purpose here? And well, in one practice, I was going to say that I've done my personally, and I started doing it with my kids, and I had them invite their friends this year, and we did it, is if you don't know how to discover what you love or don't love, because I think a lot of people don't. We used to do this in staff meetings as well, is you get out your phone, and you break it down into months, and you go through the last 12 months. And based on pictures, you picture, photograph what things that you enjoyed or yeah. didn't enjoy, and also your calendar. So I do both. I take three to four hours, and I go through an inventory of the last year, and I break it down by month. What are some things that I did that I loved, and what were some things that I didn't love? Each month, and I had my kids do it too, and their idea. friends came over, and their friends all loved it. It was super fun, and I have different ages of kids, so they all did it. And even my oldest came and brought her friends. Like, And then from that, we made a vision board on where we wanted to end up. And then I offered it to the staff at City Suites too. Um, but because I be think we right live so much of our life, like you said, looking at other people and thinking, well, I'm going to be happy when I'm doing things like so-and-so. But you know. And maybe we don't take enough time to ponder what it would look like if we wondered what we actually like to do. And then we quit looking at everybody else because I tell my kids, when you start feeling dissatisfied, pull out your vision board. What are the things, what are the three steps that are going to touch you back into you because you were born already wired with what your plans are and the purposes for your life. And it's only the dissatisfaction. So my word is always satisfied. I want to be satisfied. And so when I'm satisfied... I can tell that I'm tapped into yeah. who I was meant to be. And I can see it in my kids. All that meandering that they're doing, they're walking away. And yeah. so go back to your core, what's lighting you up. And I think that's a simple practice. So reach out to me if you want to know more about how to do that because it's so easy and fun. Well, and I think you and I could talk about this for 
hours and hours. I think we're probably already over time on your podcast. Probably close to that. But that's what we're going to get through this because (laughs) we have a lot of good stuff to offer. I'm here for it. And, uh, but you know, I I think really it comes down to if you start to believe the hype about yourself, not based on what you know about yourself, but what everybody's told you about yourself. Right. You start to believe the hype. That's when it becomes difficult then to really step back and do the downsize or do the less the lesser version, which whose idea is it's a lesser version. But you, when you get to the point where you've believed the hype and now you're trying to maintain this image that other people have created of you that you didn't even necessarily create for yourself, then you find yourself in a very difficult situation. So I would say um, if you find yourself in a situation today where you're maybe facing this idea, of, I might close my business, I might lose this, I might, then <clears throat> take a step back. You know, I have a big sign right when you walk in. It says, remember why you started. Mm. It's the first thing I ever designed when I um, was building out my first office space. I always make sure it's right where I can see it when I walk in because I know why I started this business. And it had nothing to do at the time with being famous, successful, rich. It had everything to do with being able to chart up more time to be involved in my church and with my family because the career I had before this took all that away from yeah. me. So I want to remember that because when this thing starts to be the very same thing that's taking away from all those things that I started, I got to step back. Mm -hmm. But when you believe the hype that everyone has said about you and you start to feel good about yourself, well, yeah, I'm feeling myself. You're like, I'm too legit to quit, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then it's hard for you to check the ego and take that step back. So I would promise you this. Nobody is going to judge your move to adjust your business, whether it be down or up the way you are. So oh, just, well, I'll challenge that thing. You think so? Oh, for sure. But is, here's the people thing. People judge it harsher than you judged it? Uh, well, it went on the front page. It seems like I told you this before, like when everybody left my salon, they put it on the front page of the Argus Press. Nearly Which 25 women leave. Well, back then they did. <laughs> yeah, but back the whole then they point did. of it That's was true. like, it was catty and awful. Yeah. And my personal life exposed. And I did get some really nasty, like nasty letters from people like it was so weird so people will but Brene Brown one of my very favorite people to read she always says that there are less people in the arena we talked about this at your on our last podcast there are less people in the arena and more people in the seats that boo or cheer because not very many people will fight and so you and I or people that are choosing to change um, history or change their family or change move their community. their community or do something profound, whether it's just stepping out of generational bondage, that stuff is hard. And there will be people who will boo or people that will cheer. Right. And if your identity is tied to, as mine has been in the past, That's the key. stars and acclimates of others, then that will be harder to handle. And that's why I went through the darkest time in my life where my I was clearly, my family was afraid for me because there are people that are mean. Yeah, that's there true. are people that will say things. There are people that are watching because people want. So here's the thing, though, that I'll say about that. And look at me when I say it is that when I when I lost my business, I had so many people that were quick to say I knew it. I knew it. I knew you couldn't do it. Da-da-da-da. And when I became successful again, those same people were like, oh, I knew you were going to do it. I was cheering for you. No, they weren't. But here's what I believe. I think they were. But everybody's so afraid in the world we live in of success or failure. They're so afraid of what everyone's looking at and that they want to 
be so hard because they're afraid to fail. But what I have realized is that if we fail in front of people and we get back up, we give people power to do the same. And so I agree with Tony that you will judge yourself harder, but people will be louder and more vocal. And the bigger your business is, the more vocal they'll be because there'll be more people talking. And it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's still okay, okay to I like the away. quote that says, your opinion of me is none of my business. Like, yeah, what you think about me. <laughs> yeah. I got too many things I'm thinking about me. Yeah, and so like, if, if, if you're going through that and you feel like the opinions of everyone around you is going to really affect you, then I would say maybe stay off social media. If it ends up on the front page of the paper, that's really hard to avoid. And I, I guess I hadn't thought of it that way, but that is 100% true. Um, but, but again, I, I like what you said, you know, in terms of... <clears throat> It's going to be loud. It's going to be haters. but um, And there'll be cheers, but we tend to hear the boos. We, but we tend to hear look the for the cheers. But it's probably we tend to hear the boos because, again, like our, we started to believe the hype. Correct. All the good things. Exactly. You know, um, Gary Vee, who is someone I like, he, he will talk constantly about um, that he doesn't need accolades at all from anybody, which is why – the haters don't bother him because I don't need the opinions. And I think, you know, practically speaking, you know, my love language is words of affirmation. It's one of my love languages. So, you know, I like to hear the accolades. So if you're a person that likes to hear the accolades, then probably the, the, um, what's the opposite of an accolade, the criticisms, the critiques do bother you so much. Right. But, um, but I still think like, you know, I think there's truth that like, you're going to, you're holding back because you feel like how you're going to perceive yourself is differently than the way other people are going to. And, and, and I guess, you know, the way you put it is absolutely right. There are going to be haters that are going to be out there and, 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 and make you feel a certain way. But I think you still got to, you know, know who you are, know what you're trying to do and push through it. Be okay yeah. with you. Yeah. Be okay. Put you in front of what other people think and, and you will rise to the level you believe you can. And that's about, you know, moving with vision and understanding yeah. where you're going. So, well, okay. So let's, <laughs> I mean, that, again, that, that, that was incredible. Uh, and no. <laughs> I re- yeah, I really, yeah. If you want to stop there, you, you gain some really good things from this. Um, but um, you're starting your own podcast coming up here soon. We talked about that at the beginning. Yeah. And I think this is proof that you really should. Mm. I think you have such an incredible um, perspective and you have a great way of articulating it as good as anyone I've been around. And that's why sometimes I get caught up in what you're saying and I lose my own train of thought. Um, and so I, I'm really, really looking forward to your podcast. So tell the audience what it's going to be about, when they're going to be able to see it, and you know, when, are, when are we dropping this? Like, I know we're kind of helping with the yeah. post-production of it, but you know, when's it going to drop? Do we want to announce it right here? So when, what is it about? So it's called It's Not About Your Hair. Where we talk all things hair, heart, and happiness. Should I look here or look at you? What should I do you in tell this the moment? People. Well, yeah, I'm going to tell you. I already so, know. So tell yeah. the people, yes. So um, I don't know. You guys listen. So when I have always thought about doing this because I like to talk. Um, I would not have done it had Tony not uh, said I was his favorite guest. And then <laughs> encouraged me um, to do it. And so I always say, I don't know if it's because Tony's getting paid um, from me or if he actually believes that, actually but we're, it. it could be both and I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not his biggest client. That's for sure. But what I think is that when someone says something to you and I, and I'm going to say this, this is finally, this is without ego. 
Um, I used to run from the call of having something to say in my life because of not believing it myself, right? So going back to that, I can remember from a young age having people tell me um, that I had something to say. And I remember the first time I was asked to share my testimony. My Uncle Rick invited me to youth group and Obadelty. And I was like, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't, I don't have anything. And um, so after enough times of hearing, maybe you got something, and then Tony said, and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do it because I don't know how to edit. So if you follow me on social, you know I don't know how to do anything. If, if I can film it right, then I'll do it. But I don't know how to do any of that. And you said, don't worry. I could do that part. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you probably won't have to edit it because I just say what I say and then it's done. But if you can make the intro video and all that fun stuff. So what is it about? I don't really know. I think it's going to be about life <laughs> transformation, uh, opportunities. I'm going to share a ton of my own personal stories of how I once was and how I saw things, kind of exactly what we're talking about. Like before I saw things through the eyes of my ego. And now hopefully I see things through the eyes of the the reality of which I'm living in through the gospel. Um, so it's not a Christian podcast, but I am a Christian. Um, it will be about life and hopefully we'll find a lot of things to laugh about and joy. Well, you wrote a book, so oh, that's going to be a big part of the, the premise. Just reminded you so, about the book. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a book and didn't finish it, but this is how cool God is. So I wrote the book, I finished the book and then I started working with an editor because I'd never done anything like that. And the editor um, encouraged me to start writing for this 365 Christian men. Anyways, I did that. It was super cool. So all this thing from this girl that my narrative, and you'll see that in the book, was um, from a very young age I was told I wasn't smart. And um, in the series of choices I made, so the books start off with these timeline stories in my life that created this narrative of why I became the Casey I was and then how through the redemption eyes of the story, I became someone different. And so I believe that for everybody. Yeah. Transformation happens inside, outside, outside, inside, and I get to do both at my shop and now hopefully through this opportunity. So I hope you listen. Well, we're excited about it. We're excited to be a part. I think there's going to come a point where you're going to probably do a lot of this on your own. Uh, I don't... Uh, uh, Trust me, I don't tell every person they need a podcast. Okay, good, good. I, <laughs> I wouldn't know if he's tell. Just I, tooting me. I wouldn't tell you if I didn't believe it. Uh, we we don't just push product here. My staff sometimes <laughs> wishes I would push, but I really don't try to offer things to people that I don't think are no, good you don't or they're going to help name them. On that. Yeah, but I, I really think Casey that you have not just a great perspective. You have a, a unique voice, both the way you articulate things and even the sound of your voice is unique and it's different. And you have it's a, you have a unique look, right? And so I think people are going to tune in because you're interesting to listen to and you're just real and you're raw and you share your experiences. So I'm excited about it. We're looking at November 7th. Yeah. Right? Tuesdays at, at two. Tuesdays at two. Tuesdays Easy to remember. At two. So every Tuesday at two, we're excited to do that, and uh, we're putting up the finishing touches on episode one. You actually filmed what, five episodes in your first run. so Yeah, so this is so fun. So I just have to say it real fast, but uh, I told Tony and Dan when they showed up, like, I don't have anything planned. I kept trying to write stuff down, and I had, you know, you know what you know. And so that was the whole point is I had the book. I know what I'm talking about, but I kept trying to postpone it because yeah. <laughs> I have a lot going on in my life. And I was like, I just don't have time for this. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't want to look stupid. Back to that. I don't want anyone to break up with me right. or say mean things to me <laughs> or about me. Or And um, Tony's like, well, that's fine. You know, whatever you want to do. But people like you don't get less busy. So yeah. I suggest you set a date. And I was like, 
Okay, fine. Let's do that. So um, I set a date, and when they show up. Radical out, Candor. I just read the book. I, it's a good I book. I love that book. It's a good book. That's yes. a great book. But it's true. Yeah. And that's why also, you guys, here's something I didn't know as a young entrepreneur back in the day. I don't have to know how to do everything. Right. And so a lot of times I've let the fear of money or fear of looking stupid or fear of something else hold me back. I don't know how to do any of that. And Tony was like, I'll help. I'll do it. This is how much it costs. And I was like, you know what? I'm worth it. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to be so fun. And it also holds me accountable because I got the ADD. Yes. So I'm all over the place and thing. I don't follow through yeah. because I get in my head. And so this forces me to follow through. So um, I said, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to film at least one. I did five. And Tony said, you should probably change your shirt every time. Yeah. And I was so nervous <laughs> I would lose my rhythm that you'll notice in the videos I'm wearing a different jacket because I yeah. just went to the hall tree. <laughs> so I went to the hall tree and was like, yeah. I'm going to wear my winter jacket. I'm going to wear something. The winter jacket. It was so goofy. So I just kept grabbing jackets, and then finally at the end, I grabbed my Mrs. Frizzle outfit yes. and pulled my hair up. But yeah, it was just, it flowed and it felt Bethany so good. said, she looks like Mrs. Frizzle. Yeah, that's my Halloween costume. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know be who the, that was at the beginning. They oh, had to tell me. Land. Never but, saw a Magic School yeah. Bus. So. so it flowed and it felt easy and it felt good and it felt like. What if somebody needs to hear this? Because I sure do. And that's what it is. Like, I'm just talking to myself. I, I had, you know, our, our, our podcast is very local. Like, we, um, we average between, you know, 3,000 and 20,000 views per episode. Wow. Um, just depends, you know, on who the guest is and the subject matter. So that's a big range. But the cool thing about it is like 80% of it is, is in Shiawassee County. So that's a good-sized local audience. That's better numbers than the local radio station gets. So we feel like we've become a good local voice. We're probably not ever going to be a national podcast because we're interviewing local people. We'd yeah. love to give people the opportunity to share their stories and tell about how they came to where they are and the journey. I, I love it. I nerd out on that stuff. Um, but you never know who's listening. And I'm just talking half the time, you know, yeah. and sometimes I'm coming up with stuff on the fly because, you know, there's times where I hear something back and like, oh, that was brilliant. And then there's times where I hear it back. I'm like, oh, that was really, really stupid. But I had a kid reach out to me uh, a couple weeks ago and was like, hey, uh, well, this is more than a couple weeks ago. I was like, hey, I was, I love your podcast. Never met this guy. I was super excited to see that you got Gary Vee on episode 100. I saw the thumbnail and I clicked on it and I was disappointed to see that he wasn't actually on, but I thought it was cool how you did it. Um, he goes, but I know you say that Gary Vee inspires you. I just want you to know that you're inspiring a lot of people too, including me. Aww. And he owns a business and just a young guy and uh, some really cool things have happened with him since then. And, but you know, we'll get those messages from time to time. And it's always amazing to me that you, you just don't know who you're saying it for or right. what it's for, but it does hit somebody and it will have an impact, especially if you're doing it with purpose. So I think yours, because it's it's really a lot more raw and real and you're sharing life experiences, I think it's really going to help a lot of people and I think it's going to do really well. So I'm excited about it. You know, The jury's out. You'll see. You'll get great comments. You'll get the haters, but I think it's going to be really, really I'm good. Not, if you're going to be mean, you just stay home. Just stay Because away. it's okay you that you don't like it. it right. Yeah, you don't have to watch it, but there is nothing in it that is like meant to hurt anybody's feelings, so don't don't be mean. And I just think it's, it's not necessary. And your mom should have said something to you about it because it doesn't have to happen. So November 7th, Tuesday at 2. 
stay tuned. Yeah. Be watching. It'll be on all the places you can find a podcast. We're helping you with that as well. The I distribution. don't know what that means, but it's going to be on does. YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, but also all the places you can just listen, like yeah. Spotify and Apple and Google and all those places. And my so. goal is that they're short enough that if you got a short commute like I do, because I love these hour and a half ones, but <laughs> um, Tony does. and I are close <laughs> to two hours here. I think probably they're fun, but the truth is, like, I have a one and a half minute commute, so the little bits are important for me, and I really want to download something on your heart that helps you to get through your day that day and it feels like oh dang I never thought of it like that because I know that um people are good enough just as they are and exactly where they're at and that's so important to me that 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 is it and like you said I I film these little it's not about your hair on my Instagram that I've been doing it for years um but I haven't made a podcast because I don't know how to do that and those are my most common and on things because it's yeah. always someone sitting at home that was like, I needed to hear that or the most messages I get. And, and again, it's just such an honor that you can do that. We live in a world that we can do this, yeah. share our darn thoughts. Well, out wasn't it possible in the world. 15 years ago. Yeah. So well, good. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Um, and we'll look forward to it. So we have a segment that we introduced this season. Okay. This is the end of the season. We're getting really close to the end of season five. And we do 50 questions. It's rapid fire. It's quick. It goes faster than you think. It's going to go much faster than the first part of our podcast did. And I'll try not to add commentary to your answers. Just let you answer. Because sometimes I struggle like, oh, I want to add to that. And sometimes if I can't give a quick answer, I'll say pass or I'll try. Perfect. All right. You ready? Yep. Super hard question to start. How did you start your day today? Uh, I was reading the book, um, Becoming an Influential Woman. If you could spend the day with anyone in the world, who would that be? Uh, probably, I, I really enjoy Brendan Bruchard. And what would you do with that person? I'd let him be my life coach. All right. What is one thing you would love to master? Motivational speaking. Are you a caller or a texter? Texting, absolutely. Who was the last person you texted? My husband. Um, where were you born and raised? I was born in New York City, and I, I was raised um, half my life in Charleston, South Carolina, and then eighth grade and up so half my childhood eighth grade and up here in Owasso all right so this next question you kind of already answered it says what inspired you to specialize in curly hair and how did you become so maybe the quick answer of how did you become the curl boss uh quick short answer is my oldest daughter had curly red hair I thought she was so darn cute things you can't do for yourself you see in your kids so I grew up like ooh. You look just like little orphan Annie, and I sure hated that because she was an orphan. And I saw this beauty in my own kid that I couldn't see in myself, and God revealed the power of that. Awesome. What is the number one tip that you would give to a person that has curly hair? Don't brush your god dang straight hair. If you rake it, you break it. If you milk it, you silk it. My girls know that. Did you go to college? Um, I went to two classes at Baker because that was during the time of 90210. (laughs) <laughs> this is true. And I wanted to meet someone there, even though I was with my current husband. Yeah. I feel bad about that, Adam. You know that. And I went and Baker College was full of women that are my age now trying to make a comeback. So I went home yeah. and told Mary I wasn't doing that anymore. Were you team Brandon or team uh, Dylan? Luke. Oh, okay. It was Luke. Luke well, look, that's was Dylan. Dylan. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. the bad boy. <laughs> okay, you know, okay. everybody wants a bad boy. So what did you study those two classes? I don't even know. I was there for the boys. <laughs> what made you decide to get into hair? I was oh, you, uh, you kicked out of high yeah. school and they, they put me in there. What have you done for the very first time recently? I think I filmed a podcast. Yes, you did. 
In 10 years, what will you regret doing way too much of? Eating cinnamon sugar bread. If you could resurrect one person from history and place them in today's world, Are who would that kidding? be? Are you kidding? Jesus. It's oh, a good Jesus. one. Jesus. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing about Owasso? Uh, I love this. I love that between my husband and I, I don't ever question who I can call if I need help for my kids, for myself. Like, I really do feel like our community is is cool like that. Agreed. What is your perfect dessert? Cinnamon sugar bread. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, so you and I, I don't know if you remember this, you and I did a stand-up comedy uh, open mic night at uh, Guido's. Yes. Yours was funnier than mine, of course. Um, but... Is there a joke that you could remember from that night that you could tell us on the podcast right now? So, so funny. I forgot that I did that and I just reposted it on my uh, Facebook, Voss the Crowbar. So, you should check it out. But I don't tell jokes, I tell long stories. So, yes. they were long winded stories. But the, for the, the punchline um, was that I had been told my whole life I had big bones. And that was during the time of CSI. And Horatio. And I told, when I started losing weight and I got to a size eight, which was the first time in my life. I was in the dressing room and it like literally hit me. I'm like, you know, I've never seen Horatio Sanchez say, look at the size of the skeletal system on this one. She <laughs> must have had big bones. You know, like, and I was like, I got regular bones. Yes, my bones are normal size. <laughs> I'm a regular size. That's what I put around the bones, right? Yes, take it. Oh. Cinnamon sugar bread. Yes. What is the, mo by the way, you killed it. Like you made me very intimidated to go up because you went before me. And I thought, because I, I, I know I'm not supposed to be adding to this, but Life. it was a fun night. I went a few weeks before to see Maddie Hartson sing, and there was a kid that sit up and did comedy, and it was terrible. And I'm like, oh, I can't. And I, one of my bucket lists is do stand-up comedy Mine just too. once. That was be brave. And uh, so I'm like, I'm going to do it. And uh, I had this really cool – mine are just stories, too. I don't tell jokes. And then you got up. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to bomb. But it, it went okay. It went okay. I don't know if I'll ever do it again, but I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Maybe we should – Let's do it. Open for the Lebowski one night, just the two of us. Um, what is the most important quality that a successful person should have? Mm, honesty. What is a daily habit that everyone should do? Go for a walk. What is your go-to karaoke song? I do not sing. But if <laughs> I did, it would be Ego by Lauren Daigle. All-time favorite person to FaceTime? My dad. Favorite way to spend a Sunday? On a walk with Adam. Describe yourself as a kid. Goofy. So goofy. What do you love? What did you love about school and what did you hate about school? I never really fit in at school. So I don't have a lot of great. Yeah. Mrs. Partridge in fourth grade uh, always told me I was awesome and I'll never forget that. But I didn't really fit. So it was hard for me. So um, what advice then would you give to your 16 year old self? You're so rad Casey Hutchison <laughs> you are cool and fearfully and wonderfully made when is the first time you truly felt successful right now no I think <laughs> uh probably re I think yeah yeah I don't know probably when I gave up worrying what everyone else thought what is a must-read book seven habits of highly effective people favorite podcast love Matt Chandler in the Village Church. I don't think I've heard that one. 
If you were stranded on a desert island with only one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Probably Lauren Daigle. Cheesy My like son that. loves Lauren Daigle. Yeah. Okay, so curly hair mm-hmm. obviously is very unique in its needs. So what are some essential products that every curly-haired person should own? Well, I'm not going to go there, but if you want to shop the Curl Boss on Etsy, it's temporarily frozen because I did something wrong and no one will help me. But someday you can shop there again and get a satin bonnet. That's important, but products are really interesting. Satin bonnet. All right. What is a must-binge TV series? Ad Lasso. Man, this is, you were the fourth or fifth person on the show this season to say that, and I still haven't seen it. So, so I feel anti-Christian sometimes, yeah. and this is like with the Christian weird kooky stuff that gets set in your head. <laughs> Filthy language. Filthy language. Get over we're it. We're adults here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but, you know, like at first I'm like, should I have this on mute? It's, a, it's so good. Yeah. And I no, want to be lit- Ted when I grow up. Ruben and Ashley were just on the show, and they said, I had, I literally, that's the fourth or fifth guest that's told. I actually have it on my list. It's in my notes. You may have seen that. Um, oh. <laughs> that it's a show that I need to watch. I have a list of shows that people have recommended. It's so good. So I never know what to watch. It's, but We don't watch much, but when we do that, that's last. All right, we're going to try it. Um, if Holly, okay, so what's a movie then that you could watch over and over again? I don't watch a lot of TV, but I have watched A Star is Born so many times with Lady Gaga. That's a good one. Yeah, That's a good I one. just like. Mm. If Hollywood made a movie about Casey Voss, who would you want to see cast as you? Oh, my Landy Pass. I have nothing. <laughs> nope, no answer for that one. Lady Gaga. Lady Call Gaga. Me. All right, no, that's a I'm good just one. Kidding. What's a hidden talent or skill that you have that might surprise people? Uh, I can cross stitch. Really? But I can't follow a pattern. I just have to do it myself. Uh, your husband also does hair. Yeah. Um, I went and saw him about a month ago. First time I left my barber of 25 years just because it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't getting there. Yeah. Uh, Adam came highly recommended from Dan here in the office and, the and from my sons that are now going there. And they're like, you got to try something different, you know? And uh, he killed it. Yeah. I mean, I, I never. I never in my life, I don't get compliments on my appearance. I've never been the good looking guy. I've always been the personality guy. Yeah. Like Same. in high school, Same. I knew if I was going to get a girl, it had to be winner over with the charm because I didn't walk in the room and turn any heads. It yeah. just wasn't me. So I'm not used to getting uh, comments on my physical appearance. Okay. It's almost uncomfortable. But I will tell you, like, a dozen people after I got the haircut and it just was, I mean, it was, it was cool, but like I just told him what I wanted and he, he did his magic and like a dozen people were like either, did you do something different with your hair? I like it. Or did you lose weight? The slim cut, I guess. So slim we were talking about that before that we should market the yeah. slim. You want to look like you lost 10 pounds, go see Adam. So from your perspective, why should people go see Adam? Oh, God darn, because he's just so darn cute um, is step one. We're talking to guys here, though. Guys don't care if he's cute. So he's so (laughs) cute. Um, He's so sweet. And I really do think he has an eye. Like, So the reason he went to barber school is I probably forced it, but he loves hedge trimming. And hedge trimming is like sure. tightening up the yard. You know, you've sure. seen some ungrown hedges and then you've seen trimmed up ones. Yeah. And some people don't know how to trim a hedge. And he no, would be out there just saw blasting that stuff. And I'm like, babe, this is hair cutting. Yeah. So to your point, <laughs> it is what he can see a lineup. Like, I, you know, that's why he does the boys and I do the girls because I don't, I don't have the vision. You should have called his shop The Hedge. That would have been a great, oh, uh, man. great name. That's yeah. actually a great idea. <laughs> okay. So uh, what is your favorite quote? Um, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Love that one. Favorite place you've ever been? 
Uh, we just got back from a cross-country trip with just our middle daughter. So I don't know if it was a combination of not having everyone together. Because if you're a parent, let's just be honest, and you have more than one child, family vacations are fun and not fun. <laughs> and we exhausting. agree. It's exhausting. You're fine. We're yeah. eating at one place. Yes. You know, like... <laughs> and everyone's sharing. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Um, but we took uh, a road trip. We went to Colorado, Utah, and Arizona. We slept in a tent and... It was literally, absolutely incredible to see how the terrain changes like that. Like, what in the world did God create? So that was it. Awesome. One last meal. What are you eating? Something with sugar in it. <laughs> cinnamon sugar bread. Cinnamon sugar bread. God I know what to get you for your birthday yeah. now. Who makes good cinnamon sugar bread around here? I, my grandma. Just your grandma. <laughs> what a success to Casey Voss. Being satisfied. What is one random fact about you other than you cross stitch? Uh, I can only wear these shoes because my feet are in such bad shape that literally you'll find me either in cowboy boots or a pair of hokas. It's kind of sad. All right. Um, What is one totally irrational fear that you have? Breaking up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm you. like, God, like I think it's people breaking yeah, up. Yeah, with you. sorry. Yeah, break. I would say that is that I've worked in years of therapy of being left behind <laughs> people the rapture. Break. Yeah. Um, what is uh, what is your love language? I can't remember, but I'm gonna guess acts of service. Okay. Physical touch, maybe. What is the most adventurous thing you've ever done? I think Galding uh, sleeping in a tent. Yeah. In Arizona in the middle of the summer was pretty darn adventurous. There. Yeah, they have scorpions. In 110 degrees. If you could broadcast a message to the entire world right now, and just so you know, you're not broadcasting to the entire world right now. Shawasi so County's got you, yeah. but beyond that, I don't know. But if you could, what would you say? I would say that you are absolutely spectacular. Even all the mistakes you've made, all the things you're trying to hide, all the things that you feel like you've messed up on, all of it. You are absolutely spectacular, uniquely made, special just as you are, and have so much work that is yet to be done, and do not be afraid of it. What is the most, number one, most common misconception about curly hair? That it must be really hard to do. What is one thing people with curly hair should never do under any circumstance? Brush your gal dang dry hair. What are y'all doing? Stop doing that. Uh, what is something important that you've learned in life that would help other people succeed? What is something important that I've learned? I, I'm going to go back to the same thing because I can't say it any differently, but... Uh, Psalms 139, that he knew me before he formed me, that he knit me together in my mother's womb, that he knows exactly who I am, and that there is no place I can go neither high nor low that can hide from his power and his presence, and that they are for me and not against me. And so in that, um, I believe, I really believe that for myself and for others. And once I caught that, the world started making more sense, didn't it? There ain't anybody that's not worth the love of God yeah, and right. no one out of his reach. And if he can get me. But you got to believe that. People can tell you that, but you got to actually believe it. And it sounds like you do. So, well, I don't know if you realize it, but we just made it to question number 50. Woo! That went quick, right? With everything going on in your life now, what makes Casey Voss most happy these days? 
that I literally live honestly the most satisfied life of any human that I have met to this day. Um, and my life is crazy. Like we have house guests that live with us. We have adult kids and young kids and life is not perfect. It's actually far from perfect, but that I feel like it is an honor to wake up today. And I feel like it's an honor when I go to sleep and it is awesome. Awesome. Well, you did it. Studio audience round of applause. Just all three of us. Two and a half hours later. Hope you're still here. Actually, you know, I think we're about hour and 20 minutes. That's not too bad. You know, we've done worse. I think our last one was about hour 25. So we're on par. So we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll round it all off here. We'll bring it home. We'll land the plane. Uh, I can't say again enough. Thank you for being on the show again. Mm. It's, Thanks for it's having me. Always fun to talk. Um, whenever we talk, we got to set a significant amount of time apart because we're always solving the world's problems. But I appreciate you know you sharing with us and sharing your vulnerabilities. And I'm super excited about your podcast. I Yay. really, really am. So before we go though, I'm gonna let you look into that camera, and this is your opportunity to plug. Whatever you want to plug. Plug it all. Oh, my land. Okay. Well, I'm going to plug, I don't know, the podcast, which I don't even know where it's at yet or where it's going, but November 7th, Tuesdays at 2. I'm committed to at least six episodes. So if you like it, I'd love to hear from you. And if there's something that you're struggling with, reach out to me because I'd love to talk about it. Let's talk about that because that's what it's about, right? That's what we're here for. Um, Also... I do have a long wait list for the curly hair thing, so I struggle to say you should get on the wait list because it's irritating. But you could follow me on social and get some tips and tricks. And if you're looking for curly hair goods, the Curl Boss on Etsy, I sell lots of awesome, fun things. So When it comes back up. Yeah, right now it doesn't work because I don't know how to do it. And so maybe we can take a look at that for you. Yeah, I don't know a ton about Etsy, but we could see if it's something simple. Whatever. And so I would say that all <laughs> of those things combined, what I want you to do is have a good day. Good day. Well, again, thanks a lot. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thank you all for uh, you know coming on this journey with us. It was yeah. enjoyable for you as it was for us. I hope, and uh, you know we we appreciate you watching. Yeah, for and, sure. And remember, as my mother always said, you can't and never could until you try. So go out there and try something great, my friends, and don't take the easy way out. We'll see you next time.